Well, you know, the best things come to people that come on Wednesday night. Amen. I mean, the best things come to people that come on Wednesday night. You get on on things on Wednesday night that people that come only on Sunday have to wait till Sunday to find out about. I don't have any bluebells, so don't get your hopes up. But uh, I did hear something the other day I felt like I needed to share with the church. A good friend of mine who was visiting with a cardiologist, he had had a lot of heart problems. And doctor was visiting with him and talking about changing lifestyle and he had had several oblations and a cluster of things in his heart that had caused arrhythmia and all kinds of other issues. And uh, he said, you have to change the way you eat. And uh, took him off of red meat and a lot of dairy products and all of that sugar. And, and he said, man, what can I eat? He said, well, what do you like to eat? He said, well, I like ice cream doctor said what kind I'm not making this up what kind he said bluebell he said oh that's good he said there's good fat and there's bad fat and bluebell has good fat in it so you can have that now some of you don't believe that but I'm going to get his I'm going to get his name and I'm going to get him to sign a document saying it's okay it's good fat I tell you what, I'm so excited right now, I could stand on my head. I'm going to share something with you tonight that nobody else is going to get to know about until Sunday. But our loan went through. (laughs) Oh, yes. We ought to celebrate a little bit tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 When I got a call yesterday, I come out of my office and I screamed real loud and I scared Sister Gibson so bad. She just looked up from behind her desk. I was, I'm telling you, I have been so excited and nervous at the same time, but I am so excited. Uh, we can make some definite plans now. Amen. We've stretched our hands out toward these a lot. Let's go ahead and do it one more time. In the name of Jesus, we pray God's speed and your will be done, Lord, as we move forward. We ask your blessings and your mercies and your help upon all that we're doing. In the name of Jesus, let it be so. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. With that being said, there's probably a lot of questions that you have. And uh, I think it would probably be in order for us to have a church business meeting next Wednesday night. And so tonight. Three services tonight, Sunday morning, Sunday night. We will announce those next Wednesday night. Uh, we will be uh, talking to you more in depth about it. I meet with the banker tomorrow. The wonder, this is the wonder of it all. I've never met our banker face to face. It was simply a phone call. He finally, after months, came out and looked at our property. But I've never met him. 
and God worked it all out. When you're, when you're where God wants you to be, God will take care of those things that stress you out. Amen. Our children can slip out or young people are going to stay here because I feel like I need to share with you some things the Lord talked to me about. I had intended to go in a complete different direction and then came in here today praying and the Lord began to talk to me about where we are. And I'm just going to share a little bit of that with you. So next Wednesday night, we'll be talking to you more. It is our tentative plan, August the 26th. One year anniversary for Harvey. We're planning on making that a celebration Sunday. We're going to have groundbreaking, folks. I don't think we can have a demolition crew out here by then, but we're going to turn some dirt over. They may be able to string up some things that could give you a visual of the difference in the building. It's not any wider than it is now, but it's going to be a lot longer. We're grateful for that. So excited. Somebody asked me how long. I said, I don't know. It's been long enough already, but whatever else it takes to get us there, let's just endure. Amen. All right. You can share that if you want to, or if you don't, just make them wait till Sunday. They should have been here on Wednesday night. I told you the best things come to people that come on Wednesday night. If you have your Bibles for a few moments, Joshua chapter three. While I was praying today, the Lord quickened this portion of Scripture to me and began talking to me about transitions and where we are and what I believe it's going to take for us to move forward in a way that would be pleasing to Him. Amen. Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they moved from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officer through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. I love that phrase, go after it. When you see it move, go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know. Everybody say that you may know the way. That you may know the way. Very important that we not miss that. That you may know by which you, you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. When you're in territory you've never been in before, you better make sure you follow instructions carefully. Amen. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Everybody said amen. 
for lack of a better title, we're going to say the time is now. Everybody say that with me. The time is now. God bless you. You may be seated. I will have to confess to you tonight that it almost seems too hard to believe that we have finally overcome one of the largest hurdles in our journey. It's been such a long, long journey. There have been days and nights when I'm sure you have wondered as well as I have whether or not we would ever get to this place. And I guess in my mind, the hard part is, could it be true that we are now poised to do something that we prayed about and dreamed about for so many weeks and months? I'm nervous, but I am filled with faith because I believe that God would not bring us here to not take us through. God did not bring us to this place for us to fail now. But I do believe that there are essentials. If we're going to be blessed and God is going to work his wonders, I believe there are things that we must be mindful of. And I believe the words of our text express the place where we are. And they lend instruction to us as to our journey. Just as Israel, I believe the holy Destiny of God rules our lives. And I believe that our destiny is ruled by God. I believe that there is a destiny for progress that God wills for his church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When Isaiah spoke of him, he spoke of him as a comforter, the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father upon whose shoulders the government of the world would be and of whose kingdom there would be no end. I am convinced tonight that God wants us to succeed more than we want to succeed ourselves. But I believe that it takes a holy obedience for the outcome that we desire. I do not believe that we can say, well, God's destiny is for me and so I don't have to do anything. I I feel like we must be very careful and cautious. And we are not, we are not destined to succeed unless we dedicate to succeed. Some people feel like because the hand of God is on them, they don't need to worry about anything. They don't need to worry about obedience or submission or following. They can, you know, anything they do, God's supposed to bless. I don't, I don't agree with that kind of philosophy. I believe that there is a holy obedience that determined the outcome of Israel. And you will find that any time they disobeyed, or they would not obey. They suffered the consequences of it. And so we are not destined to succeed unless we are dedicated to succeed. Amen. Israel had come to their promised land, and it was transition time. 
and transitions can always be trying. The Jordan stood before them and it blocked their way across and God gave them instructions that when I began to think about them, the Lord began to speak to me about where we are. The time had come. They had waited for so long, and the fulfillment of their destiny was before them. But the next phase of their journey required more preparation than they perhaps were prepared for. God spoke and said, it is time for you to prepare yourself for this next step. It's time to prepare yourselves for this transition. God said, I will partner with you, but you will play your part. And so we allow him to work with us to fulfill his divine purpose. But he will not work without us when our destiny is involved. He wants our participation. If God's hand is upon us, then God will certainly work with us. If we want to gain possession of the land, then we must do what he has asked us to do and prepare ourselves for this next phase. Everybody say prepare. Prepare ourselves for the success critically important. And it required them to do something critically important. Anytime... You are going through transitions. It is important that you get in tune with him. Now, I am not a musician. I have played the guitar. But I have not picked mine up in a long, long time. And I would not dare get that thing out and bring it up here and proceed to try to play it for you without first taking time to tune it up. Because life and time has a way of getting us a little bit out of tune. And so it was important. Israel was required. It was necessary for them to get in tune with him. This is what the Lord spoke. He said, I need you to find my key and tune to it. That's what he spoke to me today. I want you to be sensitive to my voice. I want you to listen for my voice. I want you to read my word. And I want you to find the key that I'm getting ready to play in. And tune your life to that key. We're addressing ourselves to the greatest work that's ever come to Greater Life Church. It is not just about Greater Life Church. It's about His kingdom. And this is of everlasting importance to Him. It's more than building a monument. It's more than building something that we can step back and say, look what we have done. More important, it is something that will further the cause that He desires for this community that we reside in. And I want to get in tune with him. Amen. In order to do that, there were things that needed to happen. First of all, 
he first addresses the most important matter of all in their new journey, and that was divine direction. He gave them instructions concerning the Ark of the Covenant. You can't do anything without me is what God is basically saying. You have explicit instructions to your conduct and to the way you handle yourself. And we cannot make this passage without divine guidance. You haven't been this way before is what God said. And so you need to really listen to me and pay attention to me. That's why we must put ourselves in a position to see him and to receive his direction. And simply this, we must learn how to follow the ark. Follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. That needs to be our focus. His hand upon us. Every step of the way. We cannot do what is before us if he is not with us. Amen. I don't want to do this if he's not with us. I don't, I mean, building programs bad enough, but doing it without him, you're asking for a night ache that God's got a step right in his. But I want to know that every step we take, that God's got a step right in front of us. That what we're doing is simply following in his footsteps. That we are not getting ahead of him and we're not falling too far behind him. But we're following in the steps that he has given us. So this is what I believe needs to become the centerpiece of my life. It needs to become the focus of everything I do. Follow the ark. Wherever his spirit moves, whatever is done, follow the ark. Don't ever get ahead of him and don't lag too far behind him. But pray until you get in tune with him and then follow him. And he will take you to your destiny. Amen. When I think about that, I realize how completely dependent we are going to be on him. There were things that Israel could do, but there were things that only God could do. And I don't want to take this journey without somebody that knows how to do more than I can. Amen. Every every step we take, there are things that God is going to have to work out. And if we're in tune with him and we're in step with him and we're following him, he'll work it out. I've never been through any kind of building program where there weren't a few glitches. And there's a few moments when you want to pull your hair out and you want to, you're wondering what in the world was I thinking? But when you're following him, you don't have to worry about that because when you get to the Jordan, God's going to find a way to get you through it. When you get to Jericho, he's going to tell you how to bring it down. When you face any of the enemies that would seek to stop you, God's going to give you the plan to overcome. If you'll follow him ever and again, the church comes to these points in our life where we must have his divine direction. Amen. There was a distance that was to be kept between them. I've often wondered why he was so explicit in this. And then I got to thinking about it. You know, if they had all crowded in on that ark, there's only so many people. When you've got several million people, I, we, we don't have but a, 
a handful here tonight, but we don't have near a million people. But there were several million people that were involved in this ordeal. And if you got that many people pressing in toward the ark, do you know the only people that would have seen it would have been the first people there? The only people that could have seen what the ark was doing if they were right beside it or right behind it was those that were first in line. Judah probably. Everybody else behind them is depending on what Judah was doing. So what happens if Judah happens to get its eyes off of the ark and makes a right turn when the ark makes a left turn? What's everybody behind them going to do? Well, Judah's going that way and they've got the ark in front of them. So we follow him. God doesn't want us following one another. He wants us following him. And he wants there to be enough distance so that anybody, everybody can see the ark's going that way. That's where we're going. Somebody said, I don't want to go that way. Well, you go the direction that you want to go. But the ark said we're going that way. I believe it's important that we keep that in mind as we move forward. That we're not following one another. We're following him. Amen. Don't get your eyes on a man or on me or any other man because men can fail. But if you keep your eyes on him, even if I fail, you won't fail. If you keep your eyes on him, even if I make a wrong turn, you'll keep going in the right way. Amen. So we need divine direction. Everybody say divine direction. I pray today, God, help me to hear your voice. I've never felt a greater need to hear the voice of God. And to know this is the right way to go. It speaks of my necessity of his presence and my need. We are wholly dependent upon God to bring us through. And we're not going to do it just by ourselves. Amen. Number two. He said to Israel, sanctify yourselves. What a critical and important matter sanctification, not just in the frame of work that we think of in New Testament time, but the word sanctify meant to put away everything that was alien to divine life. It was to consecrate our lives without reservation to Him and to give ourselves completely to God. Our hearts And our minds so set on Him that we are ready to hear and in hearing obey every command that He gives. When we sanctify ourselves, it means that we give every appetite and passion that is not like Him an exit. And tell them to go somewhere else. It simply means that as a people, they were focusing their life on Him and Him alone. In my limited understanding and in my limited knowledge, when I read this verse, I think of one thing. God was trying to help Israel Remove every distraction that would keep them from their divine purpose. That when he said sanctify yourselves, he was saying cut loose all of that stuff that doesn't matter. 
Quit stressing out over things that are not going to be around five years from now. Focus on what matters. Focus on me. Give yourself to me. And don't allow the things that come in life to become a distraction to you. We don't need, I don't need divided loyalties in times like this. I need to be divided, I need to be wholly uh, given unto him. I don't have a mind divided in whether I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. A, a devil-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I need to be wholly committed. And I don't need any distractions. And so I believe as a church, I believe God's going to ask us to put away some distractions. There's some things, there's some hills that are not worth dying on. There's some arguments that are not worth having. There's some disagreements that are not worth disagreeing over. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. We don't need anything distracting. I I don't want to be guilty of what they were doing in Russia during the, the war when communism took over. The church as it was known, the Orthodox church that was in Russia at that time, You know what they were debating when they were killing Christians on the street and they were imprisoning them and they were turning Russia into a communist country? They were debating over the colors of the priest's garments. Whether it had a blue fringe or a red fringe or a gold fringe or some other. What what the frills of the garment was. And outside the walls of that place, that conclave, they were being killed and slaughtered by the thousands because they believed in, in the Lord Jesus. I believe that it's possible that people can become so distracted that it becomes more about them than about him. I don't want that to happen. It's not a color preference. It's not this preference. It's not a dimension preference. It's a his preference. What does God want? We prayed over these things. We've asked God's blessings over them. It's not time to let anything distract me and turn my, my, I get aggravated. Some people can get ticked off about the most obscene things. <laughs> Amen. Whether you have Bluebell or you have Kroger brand. You know, they, they just, there's just some things that are not worth getting bent over about. Just enjoy what you've got. Think about all the people that never have had any. And so it is in the journey that we're going. You're going to have to sanctify you. If you're going to accomplish what I have destined for you to accomplish, you don't need any distractions. So I need to eliminate distractions. You see, this is us buying into his promise. This is us committing ourselves. This was preparation of their heart. What they needed was a new frame of mind. He had been working on them for 40 years to get Egypt out of them. But when they come to this particular juncture, they needed a new frame of mind. They needed a new way of looking at things. We've been through building programs. We've never been through anything like this. We've been through other things, but we've never been through anything like this. And I don't want to come to a new opportunity with an old mindset.
I don't want to try to put new wine into an old bag. I want to find something fresh. I want a fresh anointing upon my life. Now, not what he did 30 years ago on eyes that can see what God's doing right now. Not what he did 30 years ago or a 100, but what does God want to do right now? And in order for that to happen, in order for Israel to get to that place, they had to sanctify themselves. Because God wanted to change their vision and the way they looked at themselves and see themselves in the light of who they were as conquerors, overcomers. Amen. We need to look at life from a new context. And we're going to have to do that. We've been so used to doing it all ourselves. Some of our men have been stressed out. Brother Hughes, how are we going to do that? We're not. We're going to let somebody else do it. And you're not looking at him either. <laughs> no. we. I'm just telling you. It's going to take a whole new mindset, a whole new way of approach. I've been telling our church leadership since all of this came into to vision and God gave us this dream. I've been telling our leadership, we cannot go into that with the mindset we have in this. Something's got to happen in our mindset. Something's got to happen in the way we deal with people, in the way we lead, in the programs that we promote. Something's got to happen up here so that when we move into our new location, we've got new minds that have been refreshed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we've got eyes that can see what God wants to do with that. Man, when I think about what we're trying to do in human proportion, it seems too much. But with God, I don't think we're thinking big enough. But God is limited to what we can see. <laughs> he may go somewhere else and pour it out unlimited, but when he's working with me, he's going to be limited to what I allow him. I, he, he's limited to what I can see. If you don't believe that, you can go read the New Testament and find over and over. The Bible said he could do no mighty works there. Why? Because there was no faith. There was unbelief. Nobody could expect or believe or have confidence that he could do anything great in their place. And so we need a new mind. Everybody say a new mind. I want you to pray this prayer with me over the next few weeks and months. God, give us a new mind as a church body, as a corporate body, as individuals. Give us a new mind. Let us see the potential, but see more than that. Let us see what you have designed to fulfill in that. What your plans, not what I have, but what you have seen for this area so that we can promote the revival that God has promised to this community. And I, this is what I'm closing. If we'll do those two things, if we will follow him and we will sanctify ourselves, I believe we're going to see wonders. Amen. That's what he said. Let me go back and read it. He said, and Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Wonders are in store for us if we will simply follow him and sanctify. We have great and mighty things, things we haven't even heard of, things we haven't even imagined. You know what I've learned about God? God doesn't have to repeat one thing. 
He's so great. It doesn't matter how many thousands of miracles he's already performed. God is so great. He doesn't have to duplicate a miracle. He can create a brand new miracle. And so it is for us. We don't need to limit God to what he did do. What does God want to do in this hour? He said, I want to do greater things. As a matter of fact, the latter house shall be greater than the former house. I don't know that I fully understand that, but what all is in that greater house? Wonders. Everybody say wonders. Wonders. Amazing things are going to happen if we will simply do those two things. And I'm closing. The motto of an Irish family called the O'Neills is known as the bloody hand. It had its origin in an incident that happened years and years past. In days of old, the leaders of a band of pirates had given out the order that whoever was first to touch the land, that they were making their way toward, would have the first possessions of the land. And so one of the band, whose last name was O'Neill, determined to gain his place, began to row as fervently as he could with all of his might toward that shore because he wanted to be first. But as he rowed and toiled, he looked up to find a rival was passing him by, getting closer and closer to the shore. What can be done without any hesitation? He, he stood to himself. He took out his battle axe and he chopped his hand off and he picked that chopped off hand and he threw it ahead of the boat and it landed on the shore. And he got to be first in possessing. Now, please don't get... Scared. I'm not going to chop off any of your hands. And we're not going to ask you to give a hand in this building program. We are going to ask you to give yourself. I'm not asking for a severed hand. But I am asking for a committed church. I am asking for a consecrated people who will push aside the distractions and say, you know what, this is the only thing that matters. My question tonight, what will we do to gain the promises of of God to be our own possession? I believe we have to be willing to make whatever sacrifice, and it will involve sacrifice. Amen. I'm not asking you for an offering tonight. I'm not going to ask you for an offering, but I can tell you that before we're through, we're going to need offerings. Amen? Even this, I believe in this. God yourself and talk to God and say, you know what? I believe in this. I believe in this so much. This is what I'm willing to invest in it. And you have through the years. I've never had to beg for money. I do not intend to beg for money. I've told you this before. If I have to get out on the side of the road with a stack of of water bottles and a little sign asking for donations. I'll do that before I'll beg you for money. This is not about money. This is about the will of God. But I do know that it does take that. It takes more than money, though it takes me. 
It takes my consecration. And when I consecrate myself, this is what I've discovered about God. Every time I've consecrated myself to God, God has always made a way. Whether it was financial or any other way, God has always made a way. And so that's what I'm asking you for. I'm not asking you to cut off your life limb. (laughs) I'm not asking you for your retirement. I'm asking you for you. Join with me. And let's see God do great things. Amen. Let's stand together. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, that ended too quick. Let's clap our hands to the Lord again and give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I believe the old song is still true. If we all pull together, how happy we'll be. Amen. I'm not believing anything less than that. We've never been anything but a, a, a people that have worked together. Church family, I need you more than I've ever needed you before. To need God more than you've ever needed Him before. Amen. Let's get in tune with Him. Let's get in the prayer meeting. Let, let's, let's just see God explode in this place so that when we make the transition, we're already having to worry about what's going to happen next. Amen. Reach over and take somebody by the hand. We're going to pray together. Lord, we're here tonight because of you. We're here tonight because of you. If it had not been for the Lord on our side, the enemy would have swallowed us. We would have been consumed by the distress and the troubles and the storms that have come. We would have been overwhelmed by the fears and the doubts and the questions. We would have been consumed, Lord, by the adversities and the trials, the tribulations and the troubles. But Lord, because you have been on our side, we are here tonight. We're not here because of who we are. We're here because of who you are. God, I'm not smart enough and I am not wise enough. I am not, I'm not anything enough to know how to do this by myself. We are in need of you tonight, God, to lay your hand upon us. We need you, God, to speak into our lives words that will push us toward that divine destiny. God, I know that you will work and you desire to work with us. I'm asking you to lay your hand upon us tonight, God. Help us to understand that we are what we are because of you. And that you are not through yet. That our greatest days are still before us. Our greatest hours are still to come. And the greatest revival of this community is still in our future. Help us believe that. Help us see that. Help us get in tune with that, Lord. We've got to know your will. And we've got to follow you. Not a man, but you. Lord, I need you tonight to give me the insight and the wisdom and the knowledge to know how to conduct myself. I need your blessings, Lord. In Jesus' name, I need your blessings tonight.
I need your anointing. I need your hand upon me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is so good. God is so good.